1: Sorry. Oh.
0: This is Good Good Morning Liberty. Well, what's up all you liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, the less famous Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, the... Famous Nathaniel Paul Thurston doing interviews this morning that I was not invited to. And uh, I, I hope it's going well, man.
1: Uh, it is. It's uh, been a great day. It's been a great <laughs> White Pill Wednesday. Charlie's alluding to the interview I just did on Eric Breakey's podcast. I will put a link to that in the show notes, although I'm sure you've already found it. So we'll go ahead and put a link to that And there. You really jumped the gun on that intro. Was that to try and push me out?
0: I have no idea. You jumped it by like a full
1: measure I in have the song. no idea how that oh, happened. Oh man, that was crazy. You saw that I was about to do the intro that I, time.
0: Look, it just happened. I mean, mm-hmm. It wasn't planned. I may have thought about it but that's it
1: you definitely thought about it we know that for sure nate
0: was invited to uh, eric breaky's podcast um fan is what it's called free america now and uh by the young americans for liberty which is a great organization uh, that we love their operation went at the door program and things that they do there's uh, what 237
1: Mm -hmm. i think that's what he said
0: legislators now across the country which is pretty cool if you ask me that's where you can affect a lot of change And so um, pretty, pretty awesome for Eric to invite Nate on. And if you want to interview one of us, uh, that's more than likely best to ask Nate, honestly, because. Because of scheduling. The scheduling. Yeah. 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 Much easier. That's mainly the problem. Um, Unfortunately, I have to be behind the scenes on other things that we have going on, uh, which takes up a lot of my time. Uh, Hopefully that won't be the case pretty soon.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully you get fired any day now. That's <laughs> I, want, I, want, I need that to happen. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is Good Morning Liberty. By the way, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if you want to hang out live in the group and chat with us during the show and just direct the show, we'll go in whatever direction y'all dictate if we want to, then you can go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, pay as little as 5 bucks a month so you can hang out with us. That keeps the bills paid. That keeps the uh, the rent of this this fabulous studio that we have right here. So make sure you go and do that. Support. Put your put your money where your mouths are. All right. Go and do that today. I know that everyone is here to uh, to get your white pill moment because it's White Pill Wednesday. To be completely honest with you, which we always are, mostly. To be completely honest, uh, white pills are hard to come by these days. All right. Because basically everything is falling apart and there's no hope for anything, but on White Pill Wednesdays we put a uh, sugar-coated version of whatever these stories are to make them all sound good. We got a couple white pills, sprinkle them with some normal news today, so it's going to be a half White Pill Wednesday.
0: Look, there are—I mean, there are good things. But happening.
1: it identifies as White Pill Wednesday, exactly. Yeah, even though it's a half White Pill Wednesday,
0: we—you know—there are good things happening in the world despite the atrocities happening as well. So you have to celebrate once a week Mm is fine to celebrate. Unfortunately, there was too much going on this week where as Nate said, we had to find some things that are going to have to identify as a white pill, even though they could be closer to a black pill on this Wednesday. You made an interesting point there, Nate, when you said that we are mostly honest, I think you said something like that. And And, uh, that would be true actually, because the problem is, uh, we follow one of Jordan Peterson's rule, which is tell the truth or at least not lie, <laughs> because the because what is truth?
1: I I have my own personal truth, but I don't know what the objective. Yeah. Is. You know, it's funny on Truth Social, which everyone can go follow us on. When you post, it says posting your truth. Yeah, I took a screenshot of it the other day because I thought the wording was really funny. Did on you know, that.
0: they also filed for a patent f- and a trademark for retruth. Did they? Yeah. Wow, they filed for uh a pa- I think a patent and a trademark for retruth. So when you when you retruth something, it's just like retweeting something mm-hmm. on Twitter, but on Truth Social it's a retruth. So I find it's, that to be It's too
1: bad they couldn't trademark the word truth though, yeah. you know. All right, let's get no, going wa- with a uh, I
0: do want to say one thing about that though, because truth can be subjective or you could be ignorant to the truth, but there is objective truth out there. So I don't want to get in a, in this, in a mix of like almost this postmodernism, like nothing's true. We can just make up whatever we want, like gender for instance. And then, and then the other side of the coin, um, which is we try to be as honest as we possibly can. But the truth of the matter is we don't know everything. Nate knows a lot more than I do. And I know a lot, but we don't know everything.
1: Just like with uh, with uh, Russia and Ukraine, we showcase some of our skills on the Russia Ukraine mm. crisis that is happening right yes. now. But we Invasion are, now. We, by we, the way, we are not. It was yesterday too. Uh, the um, we don't know everything about that, and honestly, that's just not something that I think we know enough about to get. Uh, we're against war. I don't like war, and I definitely don't want the U.S. getting involved. In anything over there, especially any boots on the ground whatsoever, so that's my official opinion that doesn't, on the matter. That
0: is doesn't involve us at all. All right, this coming from Salon, place where you can find all the wonderful news mm-hmm. out there. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, I don't know if you guys remember this kid uh, from Wisconsin who was acquitted of uh, murder charges uh, during the BLM protests, there, he plans to sue Whoopi Goldberg, among others. She had yeah. her job back. She back on the view now. I
1: haven't seen anything about it, but I assume the two weeks is up. I don't know.
0: I was hearing somebody talk the other day about how like, you know, we don't want to see that person canceled, Um, which I agree with. I feel like you should be able to say dumb things Mm -hmm. and not lose your job over it. Like come out and be like, yeah, I was ignorant or whatever. Of course, I also see the other side where I'm like, man, all these other people got canceled. You should be canceled too. Like, take your own medicine.
1: Well, also, as someone who's on that show, you're representing the business and the brand that you're out there talking for. And if that business wants to make a decision saying this person doesn't represent our brand properly which with all the other stuff she said, I think they should, probably should have thought about that a while back. <laughs> but you you can make that decision and say, well, this person isn't representing us in the way that we, that we want them to be. I don't know that that's exactly cancellation if the company itself really does not want her saying things like this because they really disagree with it. Mm-hmm. I guess you can call that canceling someone. But yeah. anyway...
0: All right. So from the article here, it says Kyle Rittenhouse said this week that he will be suing individuals and media companies for negative press coverage. The announcement came Monday on Fox News, Tucker Carlson tonight, where the teen also shared the launch of his media accountability project, a donation fund to finance his intended lawsuits. (laughs) So he created a a donation fund. Mm
1: -hmm. It's it's very smart.
0: Rittenhouse's team is currently considering lawsuits against politicians, athletes, and celebrities whom he claims have spread lies about him. The list includes Whoopi Goldberg, co-host of The View on ABC. Now, you can actually, by the way, you can invest in tort cases. So, if you think that it's possible that you could win... Mm -hmm. A case and have a large settlement, you can actually invest in that. You can pay for some illegal fees and stuff and get a certain percentage hmm. of the claim. Yeah,
1: I was that's wondering actually, if you should just create a company here that's going right. to go out and sue people. That way, you can invest in it and and uh, get some dividends. I don't know if people who are investing in what's probably a nonprofit or something like that, this donation fund, or if they're going to get the uh, if they're going to recoup any investment when he does get paid out a lot of money, if that happens.
0: So written how they, let's see, they are considering lawsuits against politicians, athletes, and celebrities whom he claims have spread lies about him. The list includes Whoopi Goldberg of The View. Uh, she called me, quote, she called me a murderer after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. The team complained on Carlson's show. And there's others. Don't forget about Chink from The Young Turks. He called me a murderer before the verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Rittenhouse said he will also be pursuing anyone who has labeled him a white supremacist saying they're all going to be held accountable and we're going to handle them in a courtroom in August of 2020 Rittenhouse fatally shot. We all know the story. Um, the team was 17 at the time and wielding a an, uh, Smith and Wesson MMP 15 semi-automatic rifle, probably with a bump stock and those firing a thousand bullets a minute.
1: Only thing I noticed was that he didn't have a level on it. Other than that, he You know, did a pretty good job.
0: He was acquitted of all charges in November of 2021. Images of Rittenhouse crying in the courtroom quickly made their way around the internet as he testified he was acting in self-defense.
1: Now, before we get to the next thing, I wanted to ask you, Charlie, should there be... I've heard this argument on both sides that people in the media, that we, we should want them to be able to say whatever they want because they're basically going to that sometimes it might be valuable that they get to say things that people uh, want to come after them for later on. And what, what are you going to do when, are we going to have any opinion media out there? If someone comes out there and says something about, about a person, um, would you have any opinion media out there? Not that that's the most valuable thing in the world, I guess, but I'm just wondering whether or not you should be able to go on and say things. Or whether or not this is defamation or libel or whatever's whatever's going on, if that's something we'd have in our free society.
0: Look, it's it's still a free society. They're free to go on there and say that. It's not against the law. No one's going to put them in jail. Yeah. Right? These lawsuits are not criminal at Mm -hmm. all. Like, it's not... the, The only thing that it would be is a civil case saying, hey, I can prove that you're defaming my character and prohibiting me from securing a job or doing something. And these are all based on lies. They're false claims that you're making about my character. And so I'm going to sue you for them yeah. for the damages that you're, and potential damages that you're causing. Yeah, I and agree. It's, I'm
1: just, uh, and it's just civil. asking.
0: So yeah, I think, I think it's completely fine.
1: Now people are saying that he has no chance of winning the lawsuits, but the reason I thought was ridiculous and the idea wouldn't really have to go into the next Article, I guess. By the way, you
0: don't have to win a civil case. You can settle.
1: Yeah. Then that's saddle, 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 saddle. Probably settle. what will end up happening is some type of settlement. I don't know if they'll go all the way through with this. I think there's value in this because it's going to point out just how many lies there are out there and just how much hyperbole there is out there from a lot of these media outlets. Uh, people are saying that there's no way he's going to win because he's a public figure. And there's a different rule for public figures, basically. You can say, Uh, whatever you want as long as it's not a knowingly false thing now the weird thing to me is they're calling him a public figure and he is a public figure now because the media was doing all of this talking about him the entire time and so now he's a public figure he wasn't a public figure when he did it and everyone was out there talking about him immediately after it happened but the legal experts are saying that he's going to qualify as a public figure. What I'm saying is he didn't qualify as a public figure until all of the defamation happened. Mm. And then he became a public figure. So is all you have to do is if you, want to, uh, if you want to defame someone, you talk about them enough, you make them famous enough that now they can't do anything about it because you actually create the fact that they are a public figure with all of your defamation. Isn't that weird? You know what I mean?
0: That is strange.
1: It seems a little strange. That is. Strange. That's a little bit of a legal loophole right mm-hmm. there. If I defame you enough, I create a public figure status, which means I can't get in trouble for it.
0: Well, it's not that you can't. It's not that you can't get in trouble. They just, it's, it's a higher standard. Yeah. So, like, you can't sue people for mean tweets, for instance. No. Well, you could. It's just probably a hard time of, of winning those. But I, <laughs> I don't think he has a zero chance. At all to win these because when you're calling him a murderer and he's clearly not a murderer, I mean, that's, that's pretty clear malice, right? That's pretty clear. Um, uh, not It wasn't just sloppy or careless. It was pretty negligent.
1: The problem is if you call them a murderer after the trial, he's a public figure by that time. And I guess you can give your opinion about that if you, if you want to beforehand it was your opinion and it hadn't been decided in court and you're giving your opinion on what you think he did and whether or not he's a murderer, I think it's going to be really tricky and it might just end up coming down to a to a settlement. He could end up getting the big settlement like that uh, Nicholas Sandman got uh, the... Uh, I can't remember what the figure was on that, but it was pretty big. But that did actually turn out to have a lot of lie, blatant lies behind it, basically. And so there's a little bit of difference behind that case. I just hope... I. I do hope that something comes out of this. I hope the media sees that there is, that there, that there could be some accountability for some of the crazy stuff they're doing.
0: I mean, would that, did that kid who got the settlement from CNN, was he a public figure too? No. Because he became viral?
1: Well, that's, uh, that, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. But no, at the time they did it, he wasn't. They, they made him a public figure. But at the time they did it, he wasn't one yet. Just like w- with a
0: uh, written house right here, I don't know. I don't know what they're going mean, to come that, down with. That on guy this. won. What was it, two hundred fifty million or something? like it that? It was a lot. The big settle. He didn't win his case. They settled. Yep. So,
1: yeah, Costco says two hundred fifty. That's,
0: <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot of money right there. If yeah, that's I wish in I was fact what he got.
0: An America great again. Hat <laughs> and just looking at someone. Just look. Just, just smirk look. at someone. That's look. all you got to
1: do. Okay, let's move on to the next thing, which is uh, we cut, did. Did we get a white pill from that last one?
0: I don't know. Possible media well, accountability. We did because it's White Pill Wednesday.
1: It is a white pill because it, this is White Pill Wednesday. I got also, you. Also, I feel.
0: I mean, I feel like Kyle Rittenhouse is so famous, he could just use his platform and just, you know, go on. Yeah. Write a book mm-hmm. and, and I don't know. Start a podcast, whatever you want. YouTube channel. You're gonna get a million subscribers right away.
1: Yep. If YouTube allows you to
0: be on there. Well, yeah, that's true. Get a truth social. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's what he could do. He, uh, I was going to say he could start a Patreon, but probably uh, I don't think he could do the Patreon. would probably block him also. Locals. Get a Locals. Get a Locals there right there. Okay, the U.S. Women's Soccer Team Settlement is a huge victory on pay equality. Now, this is something we've talked about a few times.
0: It irks me. I mean, this is White Pill, I guess, equality.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's, it's a huge victory. There's your white pill. So for any uh, ardent leftists out there that are listening, we got a massive white pill for you. They got this big $24 million settlement. So of course they've been alleging unfair pay between the women's team and the men's team. We have talked about this several times, but reading now from the WAPO since 1991, the U.S. women's soccer team has won four World Cups and four Olympic gold medals. The men's team has not won any and did not even qualify for the 2018 World Cup or the past three Olympic Games. Yet, for years, the women's team has had to fight for equal rates of pay.
0: You have a whole oh. article about this. I know.
1: I pulled from some of it. It's the part that's in red because it was me. So yeah, that will now change thanks to a $24 million settlement reached between the players and the U.S. Soccer Federation marking the end of a gender discrimination case that has reverberations across the sport and beyond. U.S. Soccer agreed to pay $22 million to the 28 players who filed the suit. $22 million between 28 players, just in case we're worried about equality right now. And a further two million dollars to a charitable fund for girls and women's soccer. Most significantly, it promised to pay men and women at an equal rate going forward, including the lucrative World Cup bonuses. The lawsuit filed on International Women's Day in 2019 argued that female players had to be far more successful than their male counterparts to earn similar wages, though their games outperformed the men's team in revenue. They're little,
0: okay, we'll which about this is not true, that. by the way.
1: For example. Well, they there's a nice trick they do here. They are comparing, essentially, games where the women's team went all the way to the World Cup finals and won versus the games for the men's team during that year, those years, where they didn't make it to the World Cup and they didn't go into the Olympics. And so they're saying the women's team had higher earnings from their games. The women's team also went all the way to the finals and the championship game the men's team was watching at home on TV. And I've got some, uh, some examples from some of this stuff here in a minute. For example, thanks to a difference in bonus structures, making a World Cup team would earn a men's player 67000 and a women's player just $37,500. That's uh, if they do it. And also, we talked about some of the pay structure with them. The men had opted into getting a uh, bonus for wins. And uh, so they had taken a little bit less upfront than what they could have done, and opted for a higher
0: bonus. Essentially, they took a less less of a salary. Yes, and, and opted for higher bonuses.
1: Yeah, a uh, 2017 BBC report found that the gender pay gap in sports is slowly narrowing, at least in terms of prize money. Yet there were just two women: uh, Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams in Forbes 2021 list of highest paid athletes. The resolution of this case won't change that, but it does shine a light on the glaring inequalities many female athletes continue to face. <laughs> How's your heart rate right now? I can see it in your face. Yeah,
0: it just, it just blows me away.
1: Okay, in addition to this, I had a little excerpt. That was from WAPO. There was also something from the New York Times. Almost immediately, soccer fans... So when this happened, soccer fans took sides in the fight. Um... Cleaving American soccer, the the Federation briefly argued the Federation briefly argued that men brought in more money and drew higher television ratings and thus deserved higher pay. But they soon abandoned that stance amid public backlash, player fury, and closer reading of equal pay law. Notice in that statement, they didn't say they reversed that stance after they looked at the numbers and they found out that the men actually weren't bringing in more money than the women. Yeah. No, they reversed their stance after a public backlash. Then, if they would have looked into the numbers and found that it actually weren't the case, then the New York Times would have printed it in that. But that is not the reason that they reversed their stance on Mm
0: -hmm. it. Public backlash.
1: Yes, that is the reason they did it. So uh, I've got a couple things from an article that I wrote back in 2019 when this was started. By the way, neither one of the articles in the New York Times or the WAPO mentions the actual total amount of money brought in by either one of the teams. Because if they did that, then their argument would be destroyed, completely destroyed. In fact, in my article from 2019, I said that the men's team is underpaid. That is what I actually came out with. Because they actually receive a smaller percentage of the income from men's soccer than women receive of the percentage of income to women's soccer. Women receive a much higher percentage of the total income that comes in. So the men's team is underpaid. That's, a, that's actually what I found.
0: Isn't that what you titled the article? Yeah, yeah. It Uh, turns out the men are underpaid. mm -hmm. We do need equal pay.
1: (laughs) FIFA has estimated that the total worldwide viewers will come in around 1 billion people. So they were talking about this World Cup uh, that the women won. The last time the men's U.S. team made a run into the World Cup tournament was in 2014. So what was the viewership that year? In 2014, U.S. viewership was at 26 million. The worldwide number was 3.5 billion. So the most recent women's run in 2019 had a billion total people watching. The most recent run that the men's team had had 3.5 billion. So the men had half of the world that watched at one point, and the women had about one seventh of the world watching, which now, is a
0: big difference. It's a very big it's a difference, massive difference. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, what is that?
1: I don't know. It's it's uh, the men had 3.5 times more than the women. I can tell you that really quickly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we know
1: that. Uh, it's also important to note that in 2014, the men's U.S. team only made it to 15th place, while in 2019, the U.S. women's team made it to first place. So you're not even comparing stats for when the men's team made it all the way to the actual championship. You're comparing the, when they made it to 15th place. So that means U.S. viewership in 2014 was not even for the men's U.S. team in the championship game, unlike the case for the women's. The average attendance for a Women's Cup was 22,000 people. The average attendance for the Men's Cup is 47,000. Double. That's over twice as much. The total attendance for the Women's Cup in 2019 was slightly over 1 million people, while the total for the Men's in 2018 was over 3 million people.
0: Twice as many. Yeah. Or three times. Almost
1: three times as many. So that's all really difficult to quantify. It's also important to note that the 2018 Men's Cup was in Russia, and the 2019 Women's was in France. So not to say anything bad about Russia, but it was probably a little bit easier to get people to go to France. Okay. There's also the prize pool from FIFA. So the uh, the prize pool for the Women's Cup was $30 million total, and the champions took home $4 million. In 2018, the men's prize pool was $400 million, with the champion taking home $38 million. All right. So the men took home 9% of the prize pool, while the women took home 13% of the prize pool. So they're, they're underpaid from what I can tell. All right. So uh, obviously all these figures are really hard to find. So why is
0: the men's prize pool so much bigger?
1: Yeah. The uh, totals from women's last win, uh, which also happens to be the year they broke all the records for US TV viewership. Speaking of records for US TV viewership, this is a couple of the article headline examples that I had in here. Millions more people watch the women's World Cup final than the 2018 men's final. They broke U.S. viewership records. Women's World Cup final ratings top men's 2018 championship game by 22%. What is the difference? In 2018, the U.S. men's team was not in the finals. <laughs> yeah, They weren't there. But the women's team made it all the way to the championship games. They don't mention that, but they are still trying to make that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the uh, the year that they broke all the records... Uh, with 26 million in the U.S. watching the championship game, in 2015, the Women's Cup brought to FIFA a total of 131 million dollars in net revenue. In 2018, the men's Cup brought in six billion dollars in net revenue. Six billion. Yes, OK? So obviously, the women's prize pool also represents a much higher percentage of the total revenue that came into FIFA than the total revenue that came in the FIFA for the men's. I
0: mean, this is all due to patriarchy, honestly. That's all
1: it is. Yeah. All right.
0: How about blame women who don't go to soccer games or watch them?
1: Or just any, anyone. They don't have to be women. You don't know, yeah, have to be I a mean, woman that goes to the game.
0: Yeah. Be that the people who don't show up to watch
1: women's football. Yeah. What they are complaining about is that not enough people watch their games. Mm-hmm. That is their complaint. And that is the so only complaint. Good.
0: They are good. Yeah. They're, they're great. Good. But, um... Well, I find this also interesting. The sub headline here is uh, The USA's big win over the Netherlands um, in 2019 draws 14.3 million viewers, which is 44% less than their 2015 victory. Yeah. So the viewership is going down <laughs> <laughs> for the women. Yeah. It, it's like,
1: uh, This, you, in sports, especially. You get paid based on the, the amount of seats that you fill or the amount of eyes that you have watching TV.
0: You're in the okay. entertainment business. Yes. Okay. What, how much money do you draw in? Right? That's the only reason why you're getting any of these contracts, endorsement contracts, whatever they are. What is, the, what is the value that you're drawing in that it makes it worth the risk for someone like FIFA or any type of other organization, U.S. soccer, to actually invest... And the fact that they're going to get a return on the value that you're bringing in. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me that we are still having this discussion. And I look, I get that. I'm not going to say that women weren't held back in the day, right? Uh, the, we had the women's movement. They weren't allowed to vote things like that. Okay. That's all well no, this, and good.
1: This has nothing to do with that.
0: Yeah. I disagree with those things too, by yeah. the way, I think women should have been able to vote. Okay. This is completely, not only is it completely separate than that, but this has, this is all encompassing of what is actually being brought in by the butts that you're putting in seats mm-hmm. or in front of the TV. The eyes you got in front of the TV. Exactly.
1: Or ears. Butts no, and eyes. Blind people might listen to games. Butts and eyes and ears. hmm
0: Yeah. How many people are listening to the radio broadcast? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Which, the- which is more fun, I, I think.
1: You, you could make another comparison. You know, I was on tour with a, a great singer that was uh, just amazing, one of the best voices that I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, when we went on tour, almost no money was brought in. And when Taylor Swift goes on tour, I'm sorry, let's, uh, let's use a, 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 a man instead. When Neil Young goes on tour, he brings in millions of dollars. When he goes, when he goes on tour, probably is that a is that just inequality? Is that what it is? Probably that's probably all of it. It's probably because the singer I'm talking about was a lady. That's what it was. No, it's
0: because Neil Young was filling up stadiums. That's why the pay is so different. And they're talking about dollar figures and not percentage. It's clear that the women take home a higher percentage of the money they're bringing in mm-hmm. versus the men, and so. Is it unequal? Yeah, but it's actually unequal to the men.
1: Yeah, the, there isn't inequality. In they're the bringing
0: in less percentage than what they're doing. Not only this, but you agreed to it contractually. You know whose fault is that? That's yours. If they would have held, have said
1: no. If they would have held to the same numbers, the men's prize pool would have been one point five billion dollars for the men's prize pool. Instead, it was four hundred million. That's how if they had the same percentage of the uh, of the income. That the women have the prize pool would have been 1.5 billion,
0: or reverse that the women would have got like eight million. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. too. So just saying, the men are underpaid, and I'm mad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't stand for this, and I also think it's hilarious they did this lawsuit. They settled the suit, and almost all of the money this this momentous occasion for women in sports almost all of the money from the lawsuit is going to 22 players that play soccer? 28. It was, uh, it was 20, 22,
0: million 28 oh, right,
1: $22 million for 28
0: players. Oh, that's right. $22 for 28 players. They yeah. all
1: got about $900,000. <laughs> what about all the other women that play soccer? Don't they try just as hard yes. as the women, these women did?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Don't they fight for just as much? I mean...
1: It's really just about getting yours. It's really what it is. You, got, you saw an opportunity to get some money, and you went for it. But it, if they really want to be mad at anyone, you'd be mad at the people who are not watching your games. For whatever reason, it is. Be, that is where your inequality, patriarchy, whatever it is, is the fact that people are just less interested yeah. in women playing sports. And other than that, that that is what it all stems Here's from. Here's
0: another good example: personal stories from Nate and I's uh, band playing days before we were famous, and you know, signed to a record label and touring the world and getting paid for it. Um, there were times where we would we would actually play shows. That we would have to sell tickets to. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is the promoter would reach out to you and say, Hey, uh, you want to be on this show, this lineup? You're like, yeah, sounds great. It's like, okay, well, here's 50 tickets that you have to purchase. I forgot about those yeah. days. So you purchase 50 tickets at the base price and you resell them to 50 people to get 50 people to the show. Genius you, can sell idea. Them, you can sell them at cost or you can sell them for a little bit of profit if, if your band wants to get paid, but that's the way it worked is kind of like buying onto a show. So what is the value of how many people you can actually get into the door, right, to watch your band play? Can you make it work or not? Are you valuable enough to get people in the door? The answer was most of the time not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had totally forgot about those days. Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. That's, that's something. That's that's what happened. a genius by the promoters. Why? you know, you're taking a chance on something that you don't even know, and if you've got a large enough following as a band, you surely you should be able to fill fifty seats. Mm-hmm. Or, well, fifty standing room only because it was it, well, fifty mosh pit tickets, basically.
1: You might be asking, where's the white pill in all of this? And the answer is, there isn't one. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's It's completely crazy. Uh, the white pill is that, hey, some, some uh, women just got a really big payday, and good for them. Great job. Great job, everyone. Good job. Yeah, we were price gouging those tickets.
0: I'm laughing at the GIF. Oh, my God, that's ridiculous. That is so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's uh, try and make it through a couple other things here real fast.
0: If you want to get in on the GIF action, you got to go to good do you wanna, at locals.com. Do you want to skip to a, to a white pill? Okay, yeah. So this is from Vox, which is interesting. This is a
1: lengthy article, but we can sum it up a little bit.
0: The the title is, Is the FDA Too Cautious? What a question for Vox to to question.
1: That's actually the whole white pill right there is the fact that Vox posted this.
0: In December, epidemiologist Michael Mina uh, detailed the frustrating secret behind why it is so difficult to get rapid tests the FDA's onerous but remarkably useless checkboxes, he wrote, were slowly slowing the approval for different at-home options. If this type of problem seems familiar, it's because it is. Throughout the pandemic, the FDA has faced criticism about its seeming inability, seeming inability to adapt its processes for an emergency. As ProPublica found last November, The source of the FDA's delay appears to be confounding combination of overzealous regulation and anemic government support. Mm. While tests were approved in other countries that prioritize accessibility and affordability over its perfect accuracy, the FDA blocked the use of such tests in the United States.
1: So ProPublica did say that one of the problems was anemic government support. Right. Meaning they weren't getting enough support. They needed more money, actually. Yeah, they they needed more money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, It was the same story again when it came to human challenge trials. The FDA brushed off the idea, despite thousands of Americans stepping forward early in the pandemic, to volunteer to be infected with SARS-CoV-2. Human challenge trials are a controversial approach, but notably the United Kingdom was willing to approve this research method in February 2021 because of its potential to help accelerate vaccine development. Um, And that could be a whole other debate of its own um but really what this comes down to is the fact that uh why is the FDA only approving, you know, one or two or three tests mm-hmm. for certain companies like Abbott maybe and looking over other ones like PRPO.
1: <laughs> See, I had forgotten about them and now <laughs> you've reminded me. Yeah, old Precipio. Mhm. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, the human challenge trials thing is a big deal too because the, the UK did this in February 2021 and, and the FDA just didn't want to do it. If you have people volunteering to get infected with something, like, what is the why is the FDA like, oh, we're this great? Well, if we do that, then those people are going to get infected with SARS and we're trying to stop the, uh, the outbreak right now. Like, no, they're volunteering to get infected for studying people, you know? Let them do it if it's going to right. help.
0: Come on, they man. They could be on their last leg anyway. Yeah. So what if the FDA's failures during the pandemic happen all the time and most people are just now noticing? Ding, 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 ding. There you go, There's Box. There's a light pill right there. Mm-hmm. We have a winner. <laughs> George Mason University economist Alex Tabarak, not to be confused with Alex Trebek, <laughs> who was the host of Jeopardy. This guy's name is Alex Tabarak. He has been beating this drum since long before COVID-19 was a concern, along with every single ever libertarian living in this (laughs) world since the nineteen eighteen forty. you know the thing. Yep. Tabarrak, a leading libertarian thinker. Wow. There we go. Gained traction criticizing America's pandemic response. Tabarrak has coined a haunting phrase to describe his concerns with the agency. The FDA is conservative because when it approves a bad drug, its error is visible. But when it fails to approve good drugs, the dead are buried in an invisible graveyard. And isn't that the truth?
1: Yeah, this is something that I think I just talked on the podcast about today. I think um, Eric Brakey mentioned it. But basically, they, they withhold a lot of drugs that could save people's lives. But that's an unseen problem that we have. We don't have this tally. Maybe someone has the tally of how many people could have been saved from these drugs when they take so many years, as they're about to talk about to approve them when it could have been faster. One thing I mentioned today was we were somehow able to get these vaccines out pretty quickly for everyone because it was an emergency. It was Operation Warp Speed. Mm-hmm. So they were able to do this. One of the main things that they did was take away a lot of the regulations and check boxes that they had to go through. Now you can say a lot of stuff about how maybe that means it's not as safe. Plenty of room for discussion on that where they messed up was mandating that people take it after they went through this really, really fast process of developing the vaccines. And that should have just been left up to people to make their own decisions. But if they can approve something that quickly, when they feel like they need to, why don't they feel like they need to for everything else? That's what I want to know.
0: Yeah. And how long does it take, by the way? On average, starting the timer when a drug begins preclinical testing it takes the FDA 12 years to approve a new drug. 12 years. Yeah. No wonder. Um, why is the cost of medicine so high? I don't understand. What do you
1: think they had to pay people for those 12 years? developing
0: a product and waiting 12 years before you can bring it to market? hmm 12 years before you ever see any sort of potential return. Like here,
1: we're going to have a, we're going to have a political t-shirt company that we're going to start. Okay. That's what we're going to do because people need these shirts. All right. So, Charlie and I start this company right now. And now we've got to go through the approval process. We still have to have the company, by the way. We have to operate the company. We got to have people wear them, make sure they're good, make sure they don't wear out. We got to do this.
0: (laughs) We got to go through the Federal T shirt administration,
1: FTSA. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got to go through all that process. And for 12 years, we just sit here having this company that developed a product. And we're just going through testing. And so in year 13, when we start selling the t-shirts, by the way, people have been running around naked this entire time. Okay. So that's a problem. Titties
0: out flopping Mm -hmm. everywhere.
1: Yeah. Cause they didn't have the Mm t-shirts in year 13. While we've been just digging ourselves a hole over the last dozen years.
0: Over these shirtless people who can't go into the gas stations.
1: Do you think we charge the $15 for the shirt that we would have charged in year one? Or now do we need to charge $165 for the shirt? I was thinking like 1000 Yeah, maybe that too.
0: And Nate's always lowballing.
1: But then that whole time we were also lobbying Congress to mandate that people bought our shirts afterwards. So we could charge a few thousand if we exactly. wanted to. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: Well, and everybody it, would get them for free. That way everybody could go into the gas station.
1: Yeah, sorry, uh, Fed up. They're running around naked with masks on. That's really all they have because mm-hmm. they were able to get those, but no,
0: none of the shirts. Even as the organization has worked to speed up its processing during the COVID-19 pandemic, the agency failed repeatedly on balancing risks. Whether the FDA's caution is confined to its decision-making during the COVID-19 pandemic, or if it suffers from a much deeper-rooted illness is still up for debate. That's pretty easy to tell mm-hmm. at this point, folks. At the very least, the scrutiny on the FDA demands a rethinking of whether the agency's risk tolerance is in line with the nation's best interest, as well as who is patting their pockets? Yeah, but and the other thing for me is like we had all this distrust in giant pharmaceutical companies, to all of a sudden hating people who don't take their product
1: mm-hmm. and mandating actually that they that they take their product yes. and that your tax money goes to those companies and then mandating that you who that by the way that saw
0: record profits in twenty twenty one. You know, I haven't seen a whole lot
1: of people post about the record profits the that Pfizer. Pfizer had. I know, isn't mm. that
0: something? How about that? Isn't that to something?
1: I'm sure Bernie has, and he probably did not have any cognitive dissonance while he was posting about it mm. at all. He didn't feel a thing. But one thing, you know, first off, we just need to get rid of the FDA, or at the very least, you need to be allowed to release drugs, and they need to just put their stamp of approval on things they can still test stuff they can still tell you whether or not they've deemed it safe and you can still choose to take something whether or not they've said it and maybe over time you learn to look for the FDA stamp of approval on a drug and if it doesn't have one then you don't trust it and that would likely weed out a lot of the problems other companies could come in and put their stamp of approval on the box also if they put their stamp on a box that sells you something that's just going to kill you, then their brand on the box becomes worthless. And so that's an easy way to fix this. Allow the people to release the medications and people can choose to take them if they want to. Those companies should have liability if the drug does end up having side effects that they didn't make you aware of, you know, immediately before you took the drug. And so that's something that... um. I think we will never move towards, but on White Pill Wednesday, we definitely should, and I think it's going to happen for sure.
0: (laughs) It's nice of Vox to point it out.
1: Yeah. We, you know, maybe this COVID-19 pandemic is going to point out some flaws in the system.
0: I have another White Pill that we didn't get in here, which was a video from Andrew Yang. Oh, yeah? It was actually talking about how the two-party system is broken, Mm -hmm. and that even in California, they couldn't pass the... The Medicare for All, basically healthcare for all in California, with a Democratic supermajority, and so he said that that we're not going to get things done in a two party system. There need to be more parties. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, of course, he would look for a more left leaning party. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: yeah, I still wouldn't agree with him on.
0: We would look for a more liberty uh, party, but at the same time, I still think that that's a white pill that you have somebody with a pretty big following who's saying, hey. Two-party system's broken.
1: Did you see Tulsi Gabbard's going to be at CPAC this year?
0: No. Yeah, she's
1: going to be speaking at CPAC. Wow, how about that? That's pretty crazy. Um, It's really
0: weird that... I can't believe she turned so racist.
1: It's really weird that being a leftist that simply thinks you should have freedom of speech makes you like a Republican these days. Or not go to war. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, or not want to go to war, maybe protect some privacy, stuff like that.
0: You're just talking common sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Common sense equals racism,
1: like a civil civil liberties. Basically, um, if you if you still are leftist on all of your economic policies, which are the most dangerous policies to be a leftist on, uh, you can still just say that people should be allowed to say things and that we shouldn't go to war. It's a weird thing for Republicans to get behind too, but hey, I'll take it. That's fine. Uh, that that makes you a speaker at CPAC, mm-hmm. which is good. I think it's great that she's going to be speaking there. I Think it is too. I just. I, she still would never get my vote. I get annoyed when I see libertarians talking about how oh yeah I vote for Tulsi Gabbard. Like what? So she could uh, so so she could take eighty percent of your money while uh, telling you that you should still have privacy. That's great, <laughs> wonderful. She's going to take eighty percent of your money in private.
0: If it was Tulsi Gabbard or Bernie Sanders though, those are my two options. Yeah, you have to vote for one of them. Bull in the head. No, <laughs> you have to vote for one. Well, I would vote for Tulsi
1: over Bernie, but you are
0: T- Nate would vote for Tulsi. Over Bernie. Everyone listen, yeah, Nate would, would vote for Tulsi. You hear that? Yep. I knew it. I knew you were government shill. hmm I'm exposing you.
1: <laughs> Are you trying to get me back for you being against the trucker convoy? To all these fine folks. <laughs> all right. All right, let's go. All
0: right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that subscribe or plus button. Follow along. Don't be part of the whore percent now. Join the 96% of liberty lovers out there and hit that subscription button. Leave us a rating and review while you're at it. Five stars if you think it's worth it because it is. And say something kind about Nate. You know, the guy really needs his pick-me-ups. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't worry about me. I'm fine. But Nate, if you could just leave a review about him, let him know that his hair is is wonderful. His voice is uh, epic. Like an like an angel kind of. Yeah, is angelic even. Mm-hmm. And his mind is as sharp as a thimble Attack! attack thimble. One of those. Yes, a exactly needle, a needle in a thread.
1: Yeah, we're really selling the subscription exactly. right now, aren't we? So
0: do that. Sign up on locals. Good morning. liberties. good morning. Liberty dot locals.com singular. Yeah. Good morning. Liberty dot locals.com follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, still on TikTok. That thing's booming. And we've got Instagram, Facebook, all the OG, you know, social media apps. And we're on Truth Social. We're out there.
1: We're up about 3,000 TikTok followers in the last 10 days or so. Something like that. I cherry picked as uh, as, uh, nice and bright looking data as I could right there for Whipo Wednesday. And also I just made it up, but it's something like
0: that. Put that chart up there. Yeah. I
1: don't have the chart right now.
0: Yeah. which Which obviously if we model our seven day average out. If we model our seven day average out, Mm -hmm. we're going to be a billion. We're going to be a billion by the summer. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) keep it up folks. Keep sharing the show. Um, Share it with the friends, colleague and the children. I love you all. If you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.